0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast, and I am your host, John Waltz, recording in the afternoon uh, in a very snowy uh, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, most of Middle Tennessee, on the date of this recording, uh, January 17th, or January 16th, I'm sorry, uh, has uh, been subjected to Another winter storm uh, similar to what we had the previous week so there is uh, snow on the ground it is cold and I have been inside today uh, doing some research on this podcast topic writing out some notes for this episode and also uh, watching a little bit of football and much to the chagrin of Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh, currently the score is 31-7 to 7 with about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter of that wild card game against uh, uh, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay going up against each other in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, unless something drastic happens, uh, I probably won't have to go back over this and delete it and re-record it, but uh, I would safe, be safe to say that Tampa Bay will be moving on to the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, but... This is not a sports podcast. this is a podcast about men's issues and spirituality issues. and I am recording episode number two on my spiritual warfare series and let's just say uh, the last couple weeks between recordings uh, have been pretty eventful in the uh, in 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 spirituality and in in my own faith walk with uh, um, I've shared some with people close to me about some of the things that I've been, that, that God's been imparting to me. Some of the things that I've been working through uh, in a good way. I've been working through a lot in a good way. So um, those are, are good good things to uh, to be going through and to, to be working on. And uh, I would just say that if you are the praying sort and you want to keep your prayers uh, for the audience and uh, the prayers for me going as I go into this uh, series a little bit more, uh, please do so. and I will, will be happy, happily accept those and, and very, very grateful and very appreciative of those. Uh, so getting into this, uh, this next episode, this is an episode uh, that I entitled The Mechanics of Spiritual Warfare. What does a spiritual battle look like? How does it work? What can we do? What roles do our own you know, our own thoughts? Uh, what roles do outside influences play in spiritual battles uh, that we go through? Not just as men, but as uh, as human beings. And this is a you know a podcast designed to tackle men's issues. And and men, I would just say you are whether you're single whether you're married you are the head of your household you are the leader of your household and this is definitely an area that you need to be be practiced at knowing who you are in Christ who your wife who your family your children are in Christ and just who how to Stand up and protect and provide for your family against spiritual forces. So, uh, without uh, further ado, I'd like to just start off a little bit about me and one of the reasons why I'm taking this direction here in this this episode and and what uh, you know why why I kind of look at things the way I do. I am I'm a very methodical person. Um, I have always wanted to know why things work the way that they do. Why, you know, why does how does something work? Why does it work? What's the process? What does the actual logistics of something look like? Uh, some people have. Some people have a little bit broader vision. They can see that ten thousand foot view. I'm pretty good at seeing the ten thousand foot view, but I also want to know, okay, what are some of these these details? How you know why does why does this work? And um, I've got I've got a little quick story to tell. Um, one of the things about me that you, I'm sure you've realized, as having listening to listen to this podcast, is that uh, I am a storyteller, and that's uh, definitely one of my one of my skills. That's one of the things that uh, gifts that God has given me is the ability to to tell stories and and kind of impart and, and bring people uh, into scenes and memories and and just provide a lot of a lot of detail on um, what I'm thinking about and my thoughts. So I used to work. Uh, in the uh, first first job I ever had, I was uh, uh, an assistant golf course superintendent. First job out of college, um, and then from there, I transitioned into working for a uh, distributor that sold products to landscape professionals, contractors uh, landscape contractors, irrigation, you know, irrigation companies, uh, landscapers that did, you know, it was pretty much running the gamut. The company that I worked for, we sold everything that, uh, a landscaper needed to do their job except for, uh, the, uh, lawn mowing equipment and, um, and the plants to, to go into the ground. We But everything else that they needed from, you know, pipe fittings, pipe itself, um, tools, accessories, um, the sprinkler heads themselves, um, fertilizer, landscape lights, just anything that the landscape contractor would need to, to do their job, we uh, the company that I worked for, we uh, we sold that. Um, at the time that I worked for them, we had about 220 locations all over the country. And when I first got into the business, first started working at one of those locations, uh, there was a device that I came across that uh, was used, uh, very common use for, that uh, irrigation contractors would use, but we didn't use it uh, at the golf course, so I didn't know I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what they, how it worked, why it worked, and that is—it's um, what's called a um, a backflow uh, device or you know backflow preventer. Um, you know we just would say backflow for for ease of use. Now what a backflow is is uh, is something that it, it's a device and it's a base, basically a sophisticated check valve. It keeps water flowing one direction into. Uh, the irrigation system and keeps anything from uh, flowing back into the main water supply or the main water line where you're drawing that source from so for uh, example the main water line that would go into your house, um, the contractor would tap into that line, and then he would, right on the other side of that connection, he would put this uh, backflow preventer in uh, to keep anything that was on the lawn via via you know chemicals that he would they would put down fertilizer, uh, you know anything that was spilled on that would keep that from uh, going back into the uh, the water supply that was running into uh, running into your house so that's done in a lot of cities and there's different there's different codes and different things that you accessories you have to use with with these preventers and uh, restaurants will use them um they'll use them kind of tying into their water supply that goes into uh you know their their drinking water or that goes into the uh, water that they use to to wash dishes you know so anything to keep anything you know from cross-contaminating those water supplies um so that's what it is and it's just it's basically it's a sophisticated check valve. It keeps, you know, it keeps prevents stuff from backflowing into uh you know, at risk of repeating myself, it keeps things from backflowing into uh into you know into that water supply. So and there's and if you every city that you live in, you know, if you live in a residential area and you're using city water to uh you know to to uh irrigate your lawn or you you, you have to have one of those because if you put down chemicals on your lawn to, for treat, weed treatment or, or fertilizers and you put that down on your lawn and, and the, the uh, preventer fails, you could know, get some, some harsh chemicals and, and uh, some things that you don't want in the water supply. Uh, in your neighborhood, or and so you know, it, it is a it's something that you that you have to have, and it has to work. And most cities they have a dedicated individual who will check those uh, will check those supply, you know, those those devices to make sure that they're working properly. And if they don't. Uh, then it can be, you know, it can be a fine. It can be, you know, bad news for, you know, for the individuals who don't keep those working properly. And so um, when I first got into the business and started working with these, I didn't know how they worked. I didn't know why they worked. I thought because, you know, the the example that uh, one of my colleagues used was, um, you know, keeping what I just said, keeping chemicals or fertilizer from going back into the water supply. And so I thought it was something that was sophisticated in the build that actually knew that there was these chemicals in the water to keep it from going in. And I asked a couple, about a year later, I asked a a colleague that I worked with uh, again, I was like, okay, I understand, you know, I, I understand how this works, but why does it work? And basically the explanation was well it keeps anything from flowing back whether you know from going back flowing back into the water supply whether it's clean water whether it's tainted water whatever so um, that's basically what what a backflow is what it does now I tell that story I use that example to say that uh, I want to know and I'm the goal of this episode is to show in my experience and, and other uh, authors that, that I've read how a spiritual battle, how that works on even a minute level in in our thought lives. And so uh, I've got some, some good examples here from my own experience and some good examples from... Uh, and, and then... Also have some resources that uh, that I'm that I'll provide that I'll put into the uh, the show notes and uh, you know and, and even talk a little bit about some of the experiences that I've had this week to to kind of lead me to some of these uh, these resources here. So starting off, um, you know, how how do spiritual battles work in our lives? Is it you know is it something like out of The Exorcist? Is it something like out of these? Hollywood movies like Paranormal Activity. No, not always, Uh, and very most of the time. These spiritual battles they will take place in our minds. They'll take place in our thought life. Uh, They'll take place in our own actions and reactions uh, to to situations uh, in in our lives. So um, there's a lot of ways that, and, and often they take they take place over time, you know, short periods of time, but as those, those encounters and as those exchanges go forward, uh, it builds up over time and, uh, it can steer your, your reactions and it can steer your thoughts to, you know, one way or the other on that. So. Um, with that I'm going to uh, go ahead and take a quick break here uh, with this first segment and uh, in this next segment we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that uh, that I've learned about uh, these inca- these battles some of these things that I've uh, encountered uh, in regards to you know how how this uh, how this works uh, and how these you know how that'll uh, help affect you and your in your own prayer life and in your thought life so I'm going to take a quick break like I said, this is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, uh, episode 2 discussing spiritual warfare I'm John Waltz and I will be right back Now, for those of you who know me and know a little bit about my life, you know that in the last two years, golf has become a very uh, a renewed passion for me. It's become a bit of an obsession for me. And a friend of the show, a friend of mine, Scott Hassey, has written a new book that helps unravel game secrets. Because, let's face it, the game of golf can feel a bit like a mystery in and of itself. That's why Scott has written his new book, Golf Decoded, unraveling the Game's Greatest Secrets. In this book, you're going to learn what phrases like VPN, OP, and POA mean, and how these terms and statistics can help you improve your score, and how they can predict the scores of uh, some of the best players in the world, and how Scott has used countless data points to track what these terms mean and how they're more valid than a lot of statistics that are used in the world of golf today. You can also pick up his first book, The Champion's Playbook, Thinking Your Way to Lower Scores. Links to both of those books will be in the show notes below. And you can also listen to his podcast if you're into golf. It is entitled The Champion's Playbook Podcast, where he and uh, one of my other podcast guest hosts Uh, Jack Beard uh, both go through the game of golf and hot topics in the game of golf on a weekly basis it's recorded right here in Franklin Tennessee but links to all of those are in the show notes below that's golf decoded by Scott Hassey unraveling the game's greatest secrets Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. Uh, once again, recording here in uh, very snowy Franklin, Tennessee. I um, highly recommend you check out that song that was uh, playing, that bump music coming into this segment. Uh, it was called Who Will Save Us Now by David Chappell. Um, really great uh, really great piece of music there. Really, uh, really stirring, really emotional. Um, I highly recommend it. One of the things that I like to do, just kind of as an aside, I know in the uh, uh, previous uh, break there, I talked about Scott Hassey's new book about uh, golf decoded. One of the things that I like to do is uh, listen to, uh, I call it epic music like that. I'll, uh, it'll music from different video game soundtracks and, and things like that. Uh, I like to listen to that while I'm practicing uh, practicing golf because it's uh it really kind of puts you in a frame of mind of, you know, when you do face pressure on the, on the golf course, when you do face pressure in, uh, in athletic endeavors. So, uh, again, highly recommend that, uh, that piece of music there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, things that, that he makes on that. So, um, I'd like to, this next segment here, I want to get into a couple examples about what a spiritual battle, uh, might look like and what, um, uh, you know how, and and these are just kind of, I guess, minor incursions. I guess would be the, the the best way to put it. Now, I think I mentioned this last episode, but I'm going to mention it in this episode as well, and uh, we'll have a couple more episodes, kind of doing a deeper dive into uh, each one of these items. But they're just like there is a a holy trinity, there is an unholy trinity, uh, and that. Consists of the flesh, the devil, and the world. Now, usually they're all three working together in concert. Uh, most of the time, it's two out of the three that can kind of get things started, uh, and then usually you know the other two will kind of pile on and uh, just stoke the fires a little bit. So, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, John Eldridge in the book Wild at Heart he uh, talks about. Uh, an incident where he was driving with his wife trying to get to a uh, one of his son's soccer games and he talks about in the in the book um, and I'll, I'll reference it in the uh, in the show notes but uh, they were caught in a traffic jam and they kind of got caught unaware of, of that traffic was kind of piling up and you know what what to do from there and you know, attention pretty high because, you know, you've got to get, uh, got to get the, uh, get to the soccer game. You've got to get to the, you know, cause it's important. You don't want to, don't want to be late. And so, you know, I would imagine, you know, having been in that situation myself, having had to go somewhere and being caught in traffic and, and things kind of outside of your control affecting, you know, what, what's going to happen You you get into that situation where you can be easily stressed. And so, in, in this uh, story, this example that Eldridge uses, he talks about, you know, his his wife makes a suggestion, hey, if you cut over on this street here, you can go up a block and that'll cut about five minutes off. And his immediate reaction in his mind is, doesn't, you know, does she not know how, think I not know how to drive? Does she think I not know how to get there? Like, what's, and he goes on about how things are kind of being stoked in his own mind about, like, you know, I, I, one of the lines that he mentions in this, in this story is that, you know, if I, if, if someone had handed me divorce papers in the car, I might've signed them, uh, I believe is how he interprets that, you know, or how he, he mentions, mentions that his feeling in that encounter. And it, it all takes place in under the span of, of just, uh, you know, under a minute. Or so, or even like a microsecond and you know, the, the way that that happens uh, is that, you know, our our flesh, you know, is is agitated and then something gets gets tossed in there and, and then the fire gets stoked from there. Great example um, in my own uh, life, my own spiritual battles that I've I've encountered and, and that I've kind of been aware of and recognized is that uh, the if you remember back in the mid-2000s mid to late 2000s there was a very popular segment on Dateline NBC uh, called to catch a predator where uh, Chris Hansen a really good investigative reporter uh, he would work with uh, online watchdog groups to uh, entrap uh, men who were using—I shouldn't say entrap because it wasn't technically entrap—it wasn't entrapment by the letter of the law, but it was. They would use these groups. Would you know they? They would. Um, they. They would. I guess. I guess entrap might be the right word. They. They would. Uh, they would expose, I guess. Exposes is, is the right word. These these men who are using these online chat rooms and chat rooms that you know were really popular at the time, about how older men were using these chat rooms to groom and prey upon uh, young young teenage girls, and it was a really it's really compelling TV in the sense that we all you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the same reason that we, we have a hard time taking our eyes off of, uh, off of car wrecks when we drive by them, um, on, on the highway or we drive when we're driving around town and we see a car wreck. That's why it's, it you know, that you've heard the phenomenon rubbernecking. It's similar to that. It's similar that, you know, it's, it's shocking. And, and, um, and some of these, some of these guys that, that they caught had, really you know it was just fascinating how they had gone down to that
1: that
0: had that spiral go down and how they found themselves in that spot and I remember watching one of those and one day and it's made a bit of a resurgence through resurgence through YouTube Um, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there that are dedicated to replaying some of these old videos. And, um, so my, you know, one day I was a few years ago, I was, I was watching one of these videos and I remember the thought, uh, coming into my, into my mind of, you know, are I, I, it was an accusatory thought. It was, you know, you're, you're just like these guys. And if you know me, I'm, I'm not like those guys. I've, I've had struggles with lust, just like any man. And, but that's, that's something that's, that's accusatory. And then, you know, do you make, do you make that agreement or do you stand up to it? Um, And that's, Part of where self-talk comes in, I'll I'll kind of jump into that in, in just a minute, but we'll we'll have these we'll have these thoughts that are kind of implanted in our minds that it's either through through the flesh or or through the devil or through the world, and then things kind of pile on from there. You know, you see you see a good-looking woman walking down the street and be like you you look at her and just be like oh you you want her don't you and you be like yeah i want her you know the flesh is drawing your your flesh is drawing your attention to that and then that thought comes in your head like you want her and then then it all just kind of fans that flame from there like yeah you want her or you know depending on how your self talk works and it goes down that spiral of either like, oh, you're, you're dirt, you're dirty, you're a dirty person, or it works in the sense that like, yeah, I, I, want her that's some type of comfort. That's some type of validation that looks appealing to me. So I'm going to pursue that. And you know, if, if it's inappropriate, then you know, that's where the problem arises. And usually, you know, these, these three things kind of, they, they all come in together. You know, the world, the world glorifies sex. And so, you know, sex appeal is everywhere in our culture. And you look at that and, you know, the flesh is, the world puts the sex appeal out there. Your flesh is drawn to that sex appeal. And then if you are not resolute, you know, the devil can fan those flames. And then, Next thing you know, you've gone from looking at an underwear ad to, you know, over time, you start to tr- feed that appetite, and you're you're looking at things that you shouldn't be that you shouldn't be looking at. Then it's not healthy for you to to look at. So this is this is why self talk is is so important. And there's a lot of. Uh, there's a movement out there and, and uh, I've I've used these before but talking about positive affirmations and identifying who you really are and self-talk is important because you are the person that you spend the most time with and if the first thought that comes into your mind about yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror if it's if it's negative towards yourself then that that's going to be kind of, that's going to be a problem. That's a way for the devil to get a foothold. You know, Paul says, do not let the devil get a foothold. And it's very, very important for you to dive into scripture and, you know, look at, you know, who God is, who the Trinity is and who God says you are. You, you are a child of God. And if, if you're not, if you haven't made that declaration of, of faith to give yourself to Christ, I would, you know, I would encourage you to reach out to a pastor, reach out to someone who is in the faith, and 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 make that make that connection, make that that relationship. And I'll have some resources in the show notes about about how you can do that. You know, look at, you know, look at who you are in Christ. Look at who you are. How God says who you are and then realize that that is who you are is how you are to counter these things that the world and the flesh throw at you. I'm, you know, I, when I go down to in, into Nashville, sometimes, you know, when I, there's a exit, the church street exit, I mean, there's you know there's an adult bookstore right there at that exit and there's a billboard for a strip club at that exit and just a couple blocks down there's there's a strip club you know that so those things of like you know longing and and those those fleshly desires can come back to me and if i don't recognize who i am that that i'm a child of god and that that these, these actions, these, these ways to, that I want to satiate those desires and satiate that desire for intimacy, that that's, that's counter to, to what God has for me. And if you lose that in, in those microsecond battles, that's, that's how you can, you know, that, that's how you can lose that battle. That's how you can, that's how the devil can get a foothold. And then, you know, when you do make that foothold, when you do make that agreement, then it becomes hard to undo that. So self-talk is very important, reminding yourself who you are in Christ and who, you know, who the Holy Trinity is and, and you know, how it can affect us over time. You've got to, we've got, we have got to realize that. I keep saying you, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, as, just as guilty of that. You know, I, I've used... I've used pornography, I've used sex as, as something that's, that's glorified by our, the world and by our culture that, that gains foothold in our lives, but, and that's specifically for men. That's a little bit more of a, you know, not more of an issue, but it's easier in that way for men to, you know, for, for that foothold to gain, uh, to, to be held in men's life. But for spanning across the audience, what about what about food? You know, food is, it can be an experience, but it can also be used as, as comfort and to satisfy that fleshly desire, that need for comfort through food can be a very, very dangerous thing. Um, I've had Dylan Valenzuela, my dietician that I worked with when I lived in Phoenix who helped me on my weight loss journey of over a hundred pounds here a lot over, uh, just over two years. I, he has seen that firsthand. I have, I have seen that firsthand. I've used food as, as a comfort mechanism and it got me into a spot, into a place that was not healthy for me. Uh, unjust anger. When you feel like that you've been wronged and, and you need, you want that revenge. That's another way that things can just, just pile up and how that can be, how that can be a foothold in your life, you know. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Is another uh, another famous, you know, famous scripture that we quote. So, you know, there's and there's some parts in spiritual battles that uh, that that happen that way. But you know, this is where this is where it starts. This these little thoughts and incursions and our you know, our unawareness of what our self-talk looks like is, is very, very, is, is a very important thing to grasp. And it's a, it's a, how you need to become practiced in this, uh, in this discipline. And, you know, there's a song that I've, I used to listen to quite a lot, but, uh, the hook of the song is I wouldn't talk to a friend like I talk to myself. And if you're having problems with self-talk that, is going to lead you down a very dangerous road. It's going to lead you down a very, a very dark, dark path. Um, so if that's a problem for you, reach out, uh, reach out to get some help on that because, you know, there's, there's times where, where you need to, to work through some of these things, reach out to a life coach, reach out to, a therapist reach out to a friend or a pastor and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with with this self talk. I'm struggling with this view. You know what? What are some resources that you can give me? What you know how? What does it look like to have healthy self talk? What does it look like to to have that? And so, um, I just wanted to to touch on that and just show you how quickly how one of those battles would would work and how that comes into our life so uh next segment i'm going to talk a little bit more about uh you know some resources that we have some of the stages of these battles uh that we we go through once we do kind of recognize what uh, what this is what spiritual warfare can be so uh, hang with me i will be right back after this this is the discovering masculinity podcast Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all books and materials that are referenced during the Discovering Masculinity podcast will have links in the show notes so that you can get a hold of some goodness for your mind and your heart and your soul and help you grow in your masculine journey. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, uh, recording in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of the Music City. Um, very cold, very uh, snowy day today, as I've mentioned earlier. So uh, be safe wherever you are. Whenever you're listening listening to this podcast, um, hopefully the weather there will be uh, much better when I do publish this episode, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll go from there. Um, that song coming into this segment was called "Warrior" by Randy Dominguez. Uh, another one that I highly recommend that you check out. Um, really, uh, really stirring piece. So, um, what I want to get into in this segment here, talk a little bit about what um, you know some of the the stages that we can encounter in spiritual warfare um, you know some of the tools that uh, that I've liked that I've used uh, in my own prayer life that uh, that helps with those spiritual battles and just saying up front that um, this is a part of uh, you know renewing your mind uh, so some you'll have to do these on multiple occasions and it's okay it's okay to do you know to to practice these exercises on multiple occasions to 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 get that uh, ingrained into your soul into your spirit so a couple quick things about some of the stages some of the you know what we we go through when we're in a battle when we're having some of these encounters there's a couple different stages that the uh, uh, this is another excerpt from wild heart that I borrowed from, from John Eldridge. Um, he talks about a couple different stages in spiritual warfare. The first stage is that when you are experiencing a type of spiritual battles, type of crisis, a type of, you know, thoughts in your mind, the, the first stage of it is the enemy kind of masks it. And he says, he says, I'm not here. This isn't me. This isn't anything. This isn't the world. This isn't the flesh. This isn't anything that we had just talked about in the previous segment. This is you. This is you because you are a bad person, because you're not worthy of uh, of this, because, you know, he, he'll try to trick you and say, this isn't me. This is, this is you. And if you're not aware of that, if you're not aware of that tactic, then it's easy to I guess transmogrify that, it's easy to take that and assign that value, assign that identity to yourself. And that's where the self-talk comes in. When you're in that battle and maybe, you know, I've used the example before, but maybe when you do see an attractive woman and it's not appropriate for you to, it's never appropriate to, to lust and leer after her, but in that moment, even when you just notice her, uh, sometimes that negative feeling can come in, and you, you feel like, uh, you'll you'll have the thought come in your mind, like, oh, I'm a pervert. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not worthy. I'm, you know, I'm just like everybody else. Or and that you know, she probably doesn't want anything to do with me because I'm, you know, not worthy of you know you would say I'm not worthy of, of this I'm not you know that that this is a you know I'm, I'm a terrible person so I mean you can buy into that and you can also buy into utilizing you know just um I guess what the, the phrase that I want to use here is that you can buy into that you can even take it in a different direction and and Objectify that person, and think of them in a sexual manner, and then you know that turns in can can go down a completely different road. And if you ascribe that to to yourself, that that's your your thought, uh, that immediate thought that comes into your head, that it's not something that that's been influenced by the enemy. It's not something that's been influenced by the world, and it's not something that's been influenced by, by your flesh, then, you know, if you ascribe, if you ascribe that to, to yourself and you take on that identity, that's where the self-talk can come in. And then you're, you're, you're kind of off in a, in a tough direction from there. I personally have been working a lot on my self-talk this, this last, these last few months, this last year, year plus that I've, uh, been, on a bit of a spiritual journey myself and I I realized that just what the that kind of role that self-talk has in there so that that's one way that uh, and and a lot of people get stuck in that thinking that it's themselves thinking that they're just they're worthless that their heart is bad and your your heart's not bad that's the new covenant says that, uh, that you have a new heart and that that heart is good so remember that as as you go into these as you go into these these battles and these encounters, next stage that uh, that is talked about that uh, that I've seen is uh, intimidation. Um, that's when a lot of times things will become worse or things will be kind of ramped up. Like okay, this you know, he's aware of what's going on. So, you know, I need to to ramp this up here. I need to try and and that's the, one of the tactics that, that will be used. Um, and I've, I I won't go into detail on this, but I've seen, seen that a little bit in, in my own journey. And uh, there's a really good example in you know, in in Wild at Heart, that uh, John talks about praying over his wife, and and that she's had uh, dizzy spells for she had had dizzy spells for a long, long time, and John would express you know he when they would pray against that, it would would get worse. So th- that that's another way that can that that's another thing that, that can happen in in the spiritual realm. You know, and the next next is uh, cutting a deal, and that is where you get to that point where you make that deal like, okay, I'll, I'll back off. I won't pursue this. You can, you know, this, this one part of my life will be, you know, I, I can accept falling short in this area of of my life. And, 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 but you know, these other areas where it's not, you know, making advances for the kingdom or it's not helping you grow closer to God, then, you know, they leave those, he would leave those areas alone. Um, so that's those are a couple a couple tactics that uh, that the enemy will use, and, and it usually falls into one, into one of those categories. So, what do you, what do you do? What what do you do in those situations? How do you do you overcome if you're fairly new in the faith? What you know what helps with that belief? What helps with you know with with some of these? Some of these tactics and some of these encounters that that will be thrown at you well one thing that um, that you really is a really useful tool uh, is just slowing down breathing and and doing some type of prayer and in, invoking the name of Jesus even if it is even if that's all you can pray even if you're at a point where you're just Confused, you're you're tired, you're you know you're you're weak, hungry. You're in you're in a compromised you're in a compromised state of mind that even just praying and just calling on the name of Jesus is will go will have leaps effects leaps and bounds uh, more of, of than than what just trying to go it alone and trying to battle through that in your own strength. Uh, One thing that I really like to use in my own prayer life, and one thing that uh, I have taken a little bit of a deeper dive back into that I utilize is uh, the Apostles' Creed, and that is a a very. uh, I first encountered that uh, when I was going to church uh, at in the uh, the Methodist Church. It was something that we would recite. We leave once once a month and just kind of reciting. You know, it's a declaration of faith. It's a it's a declaration of, of who we are. And so, I'll read through it here, just uh, just very uh, and to give you an idea of of who and or, you know of, of what it is. And I'll, then I'll go into how I've integrated in into my prayer life. So the it starts off like this: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ his only son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the holy catholic church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, quick footnote, the Holy Catholic Church—that is the true Christian Church of all times and places—and as as this is uh, referenced in this faith here, or in this uh, this version here that I've read. So, um, one thing that I do like to incorporate that into uh, about believing in Jesus Christ—you know, He descended into hell and wrestled away the keys of sin and death from uh, from Satan. So, now how can you integrate this into your prayer life? well when you're calling on Jesus in the in in prayer and you you invoke his name sometimes we deal in our own mind with with unbelief and it happens you know to to some of the most devout christians and people's of people of faith that that I've come across have talked to me about you know they've struggled with unbelief and so this just reaffirms that belief and and who the trinity is to us and so When I say, ask for things in the name of Jesus, sometimes I'll say, you know, I'll ask for, you know, I'll say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified and buried and descended to hell to wrestle away the keys of sin and death and was resurrected on the third day and ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. I will, I'll recite that just for myself, but also as a declaration to this is, this is who I'm calling on this. It's it's in this person's this this person's name this man who is alive and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. This is who I'm calling on. And so it helps me and it helps in that spiritual space to declare just like who who he is to just even reinforce and drive that further on on, further home. Now, another resource that I like to use um, that sometimes I'll pray through is uh, is Saint Patrick's Breastplate, and this is a very, very powerful piece. That it's a quick thing to go through if you're going into your day, if you're going into a part of your day or part of your life where there's a little bit of uncertainty. It's just you know it it um, it puts Christ a little bit uh, further forward in that. in that. So um, I'll read through it here, this resource that uh, that I have. This comes from prayerfoundation.org. So uh, links to both of these will be in the show notes, so you'll have access to those. Uh, I used to, you know, have it printed off, so I would, and uh, when I did the uh, Sunday school class covering this topic many years ago, I printed off these and, and handed them out as resources to the class. So um, starting off, this is Saint Patrick St. Patrick's Breastplate. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. I bind this day to me forever, by power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the Jordan River, his death on cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom. I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself the power of the great love of the cherubim, the sweet well done in judgment hour, the service of the seraphim, confessor's faith, apostle's word, patriarch's prayers, and prophet's scrolls, all good deeds done unto the Lord and purity of virgin souls. I bind unto myself today the virtues of the starlit heaven, the glorious sun's life-giving ray, the whiteness of the moon at even, the flashing of the lightning free, the whirling winds, tempestuous shocks, the stable earth, the deep salt sea, around the old eternal rocks. I bind unto myself today, the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host to be my guard. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation forced, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar my course, or few or many, far or nigh, in every place, in, in all hours, against their fierce hostility, I bind to me these holy powers." against all Satan's spells and wiles, against the false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the death, wound, and the burning, the choking wave and poison shaft, protect me, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with me, Christ Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind into myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, of whom and all nature hath creation. Eternal Father, Spirit, Word, praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. So that is St. Patrick's breastplate. Uh, if you've never heard that, that is uh, again a beautiful, beautiful poem. A really you know excellent, you know excellent declaration declaration of faith of of what we of what we want. Uh, another. Thing that I like to talk about, and uh, I believe John Eldridge talks about this in *Waking the Dead*, and uh, a few others uh, authors have talked about this topic is uh, the work of Christ, not just the cross. We focus a lot in the Western Church on the cross itself, and, and obviously, we wouldn't have this power, we wouldn't have this authority unless we, unless you know, the, the cross, the crucifixion had happened. But the cross. The, the deal was sealed upon the resurrection and then the ascension on top of that. So there's, there's, there's authority that we get in the cross. There's authority that we get from the resurrection and there's authority that we get, uh, and things that we get as a benefit of the ascension. So that's a, a great thing to dive into. And uh, I'll have a reference to that in the show notes as well. But, uh, another thing that, uh, came to me, a fellow believer, kind of spoke this uh, into my life when I was praying with him and and talking through some things with with him. Uh, the book of John has several declarative stories and statements from Christ when he says, you know, I I am. When he says the I am phrase, when he says when when his identity is called into question, um, and that uh you know that's a great those are great passages to read through and to discover just just who Christ is even you know again the uh, the word where where Christ is led out into the the wilderness by the spirit and he is you know he he is uh, he's tempted and he answers back with scripture so that that's another great uh you know, those are other great resources to use and to call upon. And then, uh, I'm going to do uh, an episode on this a little later in the series, uh, talking about the armor of God, uh, Ephesians 6. So I would encourage you just to read through that passage and just look at the different parts of that armor and why they're placed where they are and and utilizing those aspects in, in your life. So that's, uh, Uh, great resource there as well so Ephesians chapter 6 when Paul discusses the armor of God so just uh, one other thing just finally in in closing uh, I do want to say that Jesus is the hero and God is the hero of of this story that we're in and we don't need to lose sight of the glory of God and the glory of Jesus and the glory of the Trinity. There are things that will come against us. This is something we need to be practiced at, but when we do that, we don't we, we shouldn't lose sight of who God is. We shouldn't lose sight of who Jesus is and, and the beauty and the, the glory that that is part of who they are. We need to call on their strength and we need to, they will, they will fight the ultimate battle on our behalf and it is through their power that we grow, it is through their power that we, that we defend ourselves in these, in these battles. So that's, and that's a message just as much to myself as, as it is to the audience while this is things, these are things that we need to learn. We need to focus and glorify and worship God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We need to to worship that Trinity, and we need to uh, realize that that our power and our strength comes from them, not not from us, but but from them. So, um, again, if you. Don't have if you are within the sound of my voice. and You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and and that is something you want to explore further. I'll have a link in the show notes of where you can go uh, to learn more about that and to uh, to start that relationship with uh, with Jesus. So I would encourage you to dive into that and uh, look at that commitment and make that commitment uh, today. So. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this episode of the Discovering Masculinity Podcast. Uh, you can uh, I'll have a link to uh, my socials, have a link to uh, my uh, contact information in the show notes, so you can uh, email me, uh, DM me on Instagram, do whatever you like on there. But uh, uh, until next time, uh, I am John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast, and I will talk to you next time.